Creatures of the night, welcome to Talking Taker, episode 178 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio, I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, he is the Cajun Man. Mr. Travis White. And Travis, after a couple weeks of uh, aggravation, frustration, <laughs> consternation, constipation, That's we are it. finally, finally getting ready to take her easy in the big easy here with WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans, the return of the dead man, or the, uh, the, yes, <laughs> I say the return of the dead man. There's been like 20 returns of the dead man, but this one is it's it's also the return of the dead man. The next return of the dead man. <laughs> In the place where his streak was defeated. So yeah, kind of a big deal. Uh, they're playing the old will they, won't they game here. You know, is he going to come back? Is he not? Um, kind of cool. And it's, this one's got a kind of a special take because you were actually there, you know. So this will be fun to talk about. And yeah, like you said, we tried to record this two weeks ago. It didn't work. The bottom line cast uh, made the hot tag and helped us out there. And then last week we had Watch Along Tommy on to go through that first episode of Raw. So here we are, back in the saddle again, trying to get this thing done. And like you said, take it to the, the big easy, man. The big taker easy. Would you say, you know, it's a will they, won't they? So Taker and Cena, it's sort of like a Ross Rachel situation here? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah exactly. And Just Taker, like and Taker's like obviously Rachel. Uh, Cena's Ross. Clearly. 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 They were on a break. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> the Undertaker was on a break. Come on, man. He was. He was on a break. <laughs> he was on a very yeah. long break. So, yes, uh, this is Undertaker versus John Cena at WrestleMania 34. It's an interesting... So, Nikki Bella is like Roy from the office. Oh, like, well, they're now we're, yeah. Y'all are in separate <laughs> universes, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, Elias is like Roy. Oh, he, Elias is Roy. He okay, stepped yeah. in there, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Peacock. Anyway, go ahead. Or maybe, uh, uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> Cena and Undertaker are uh, Michael and Jan, and Elias is that Jan's boyfriend that plays guitar that records that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever that guy's uh, name is. Yeah, that guy. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I know exactly. <laughs> Hunter? Hunter? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. 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 That's Man, <laughs> well, uh, anyway. it's an interesting moment for our podcast as pretty much everything from here on out is basically like a bonus episode because when we started this, we thought WrestleMania 33 was the end and The Undertaker, he has said in interviews since then, he pretty much thought that was the end as well. Yeah. Uh, so that was our whole idea when you made the spreadsheet of Undertaker matches for us <laughs> yep. three years ago. It ended right there, uh, but we've added on a few more ever since then. So this is sort of a 
funny time that, that we've caught our own tail, that we're circling around to this now, uh, to this WrestleMania 34 episode. So we're going to get into all of that. We're going to talk about how and why The Undertaker came out of retirement, how I was able to go to this show, all of that good stuff. And uh, like you said, uh, we do appreciate uh, Mike and JV and Tommy for all bailing us out uh for the past couple weeks and helping us out through our technical difficulties. This should be sounding good and back to normal for all of you guys as we take our time at Traveling Hearse all the way back to 2017 and pick up the night after that historic defeat of The Undertaker by Roman Reigns. Taker left his hat and his gloves and his jacket in the ring and Roman Reigns is about to kick off the Raw After Mania with one of the most memorable promos and moments in Raw history, I would say. No, oh, without question, man. Yeah, this is Raw April 3rd, 2017. It opens with a recap of that. You know, that was the main event the night before. So, and then we just go straight from that to just a crazy crowd i mean they're just they're always crazy this night anyway but they're just chanting undertaker and lots of thank you taker crowd or signs in the crowd because again everyone thinks based on what we saw the night before that's it you know and like you said taker said in the last ride documentary that was supposed to be it you know so but again all these hardcore fans are there they're chanting and it goes on for like i don't know man three or four minutes and it's just them just crazy chanting and then you, that turns into dueling undertaker roman sucks chance because again roman's getting so much heat always at this point and um he's basically a heel after what he did last night so he finally I, he's uh, the, be, the best part of all this is how organic it all is yes exactly we, we talked on our raw episode one watch along last week how you noticed the producers in the crowd, kind of like amping everybody mm-hmm. up and getting everybody cheering and all that sort of stuff. Not here. Not here. This just, these Undertaker chants go on and on and on, and then they organically morph into these other chants, and it's such a wild scene to watch. Um, it, it's very similar to, uh, it, it, the only thing it kind of reminds me of is when Hulk Hogan came back in 2002, yep. and he would get these reactions. I think it happened a couple times where they just, like in Toronto or something, they just chanted for him yeah. for like 10 minutes straight and just would not stop. And that's a lot like this is, I mean, it just shows you how much they respect this guy after what he, how much they respect the undertaker and disrespect yeah. Roman Reigns. Right. That's what right. we're about to see here. Yeah. It's incredible. Like you said, it is very organic and just natural and just, it's just real reactions to, you know, to what's happening. And so Roman's music hits, he comes out just flood of booze man and it's great because he's just he's playing his role well and he comes to the ring and again commentary hasn't mentioned anything this whole time either which is no, another thing that's been great they've let the crowd for themselves and um then michael cole pipes in he's like you know we just opened up with one of the most memorable moments i can possibly remember in raw and he's been calling raw for what 18 years at this point or something so yeah um very true statement so he says that you know people are speculating last night was the last ride of the undertaker and that's why they're booing Roman Reigns and he thanks Taker for his career and says it's been an honor and privilege to call this, you know, call all of his matches. So Roman gets in the ring, starts pacing around and he knows exactly what he's doing here, man. He's not quote unquote a heel like per se, but he's he knows how to play one here. So he just lets the crowd boo. 
raises the mic up to his mouth. They boo even louder. He takes it down. They start the delete, delete, delete chance because, again, the Hardy Boy just came back the night before. And then he's just he's smirking. He's reacting to them. But he's also leading them. Like, when he raises the mic up and they boo and he puts it back down, it's just he's he's playing them like a fiddle, man. And it's awesome to see because they're they're unaware of it, it seems like. You know, they're reacting naturally. But he's also... You always want to be in control of the crowd, not let the crowd be in control of you, they say, if you're a wrestler. That's a key. And he's got it to a T here, which is really, really cool. Then we get you suck chance, some obscene a-hole chance, and then Reigns just kind of does a cool heel move here. He just kind of looks down and just brushes his vest off like, okay, I got time. I'll just stand here and wait. And it's just that ticks him off even more, which makes its whole thing so beautiful, man. <laughs> It it's really awesome. is, man, and uh, it's just, you've never seen anything like it. I, I, I no. can't, I have nothing that I can compare it to at this point, as every time he, he grabs, brings the mic up to his lips, the booze get even louder, and it's just like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it, it's it's organic, but also Roman knows what he's doing, yeah. and man, I, I will always wonder about this how much of this they expected, how much of this is Roman kind of playing into it. I mean, it's it's crazy that they that they knew in some sense it was going to be a mm-hmm. lot like this. Uh, it's it's so surreal. You, you got to go back and watch it. I think, yeah, I think, you know, people give Vince a lot of crap for certain things that he fails on, but I think he knew exactly what was going to happen this night. You know, um, even the Roman's the golden boy, I think he knew exactly. And, you know, Roman may because, again, he d- takes the mic up. They boo. He takes it down, mic up. But then at one point, he just – he looks down at his hand, points in the palm of his hand, and just mouths. You can see him mouthing the words. He says, right here in the palm of my hand, which to me was just epic, epic on his part. And then they got the go-away chance, and then he looks dead into the camera, finally pulls the mic up to his mouth and speaks, and he says five words. This is my yard now. Drops the mic to a chorus of boos and then just leaves. And like you said, man, phenomenal segment. And honestly, one of my favorite segments, not matches, but segments in, in recent memory. I mean, you have to go back to the Attitude Era or maybe some things in the middle there just to see something where a crowd is that raucous, man. Like you, maybe that Hogan the night after Mania 18 in Montreal where he just got 10 minutes of – that's the, the the most recent time to this – a crowd was like this. It's just crazy, man. It's the best promo Roman Reigns has ever cut. And honestly, I think more than anything he's ever done up to this point, this made Roman Reigns a star. Uh, the fact that oh, he was yeah. able to go out, just say five words, elicit that reaction mm-hmm. from the crowd. Um, I, I talked a couple weeks ago about how his performance in that WrestleMania 33 match, the way he was able to handle himself and handle the uh the the botches and the failures i think that cemented him as a uh, a guy in vince's eyes that he could trust and rely on and this right too the way that he stood in the face of these boos and just handled all of that took it nailed that that line delivery nailed his actions every movement in there without using his words was so perfect um and of course again 
None of this would have ever happened without The Undertaker, without a guy that respected, that beloved by the crowd. He uses his star power and his legacy from the past uh, 27 years up to this point to make Roman Reigns a star on his, what he originally thought was his way out of the company, which is just a testament to this guy um, that he's able to make the next guy in, in such a powerful way. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's what you and he said in interviews recently now that he would have, you know, liked to have had Roman have been the one to end the streak initially. Um, and Again, Taker's a business guy. He knows what to do. You go out on your back and you, you put the next guy over. Obviously, that didn't happen because of this year, 2020, with the Boneyard match and AJ. But that was that needed to be the way it, it did. But, um, you know, we can look back the initial the, the way that it all was supposed to end was him putting Roman over, and then the next night, again, imagine if this was The Undertaker. It's perfect, man. It's perfect for, for Roman to go out like, or to, to come out like this and just have all this heat. Because, again, like you said, it's Taker that he, that he, that he put down the night before. Nobody else is going to allow him to get this reaction. Nope, not at all. But, We could spend 20 hours talking about this, but yeah. Oh, we could, man. We could spend all that time talking about five words, which, which is yeah. awesome. <laughs> But things don't quite work out as they plan here. And uh, we talked about most of this on the Last Ride uh, episodes that we did. We did two episodes covering uh, all five parts of that documentary special. Uh, So go back to listen to those. But basically what we learned about through that was Undertaker went in to have hip surgery uh, pretty much immediately after WrestleMania 33. And uh, that actually solved a a lot of his pretty major issues. You know, he was able to uh, make a pretty strong recovery from that and get himself into much better shape than he had been over the past couple of years. And the more that it went on, uh, the more it ate at him his performance in this WrestleMania 33 match. We actually see him in that documentary watching that match back and just having painful reactions to, to mm-hmm. seeing the the botches in it. Which, you know, when we watched it back, I was surprised that it, it was not as bad as I remembered it because it's gained such a reputation for being so bad. But it's really it's right. just, a, just a couple things that, exactly. that, are, that are ugly. But other than that, it's really not that bad. But you can understand if you were in it, to Undertaker, he, he's seeing stuff that we're not even seeing that he, right. that didn't go right to him. So it, it totally makes sense. You're going to be your own worst critic, too. I mean, so especially when you're as has such a career as he has. So, so that's all going on behind the scenes over the next year or so. Uh, Also going on in the world is, as we mentioned on August 19th, 2017, you and I, we released the pilot for our podcast idea that we came up with the day after WrestleMania as uh, I was driving home from your house. And we talked about it on the phone uh, that night or the, or the next day or something like that and kind of just brainstormed it and talked about maybe doing it and finally decided to do it, release it, Talking Taker Into the World, Episode 1 on August 19th, 2017. And here we are in 2021, still going crazy. strong, which yeah. is incredible. Um, and then also going on uh, back in the WWE world uh, is John Cena is... He comes back when? Sort of the, the uh, latter half of 2017? So he's, 
after WrestleMania 20, 2017, he kind of goes for a little bit, and he comes back. Doing some in the, movies the, or something. The, yeah, during the later part of the year, and he's, quote-unquote, free agent John Cena. He bounces back and forth between Raw and SmackDown, is on, like, every pay-per-view and various little feuds, and basically he's trying to find his path to, to WrestleMania. That's kind of the storyline here. I think he even loses to Roman at sort of No Mercy or something in 2017, and... um. He basically loses a lot, honestly, in 2017 on pay-per-view. I think he loses that Survivor Series match that uh, Triple H and Braun Strowman win or something. Anyway, um, he loses a lot in the fall and the winter of 2017, leading us into January of 2018. He's a part-timer. He's putting all sorts of people over. You know, He's still trying to find his place uh, in the company, I guess you could say. And that takes us to... Um, so just keep that in the back of your mind as we go to yeah. January of 2018, January 22nd, 2018, and it is the 21st, 21st, tw- that's not even a... <laughs> Colin Firth. <laughs> Colin Firth. Oh, man. 25th anniversary. <laughs> Colin Firth. 25th anniversary of Monday Night Raw, which is perfect. Uh, and that's one of the reasons yeah. why we did the uh, Raw Episode 1 last week, to talk about exactly. that, to talk about Undertaker being in the main event of that. And this was a big deal. This was a big show that um, they actually split it between two arenas. So they went back to the Manhattan Center, the home of the original Monday Night Raw, and also the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And Which Tommy was at. Watch along Tommy was at. Great idea in theory. Of course, the execution of it uh, for a lot of the fans that paid at the end of the Manhattan Center uh, left them lacking or wishing you know they did more with that. Um, but you know, well, we don't have to talk about all that. Uh, we're here to talk Taker, and um, it is pretty cool to see the the old setup. I mean, they, they matched it yeah. pretty much to a team, yeah. man, with just a few little modern tweaks in there. Uh, the Ico Pro was so good. Ico Pro signed the neon <laughs> WWE yeah. or just I guess just WW. They took the F yeah. off the letters on there, but man, it's great. Uh, after we see some legends uh, mingling with Kurt Angle, uh, including uh, the owner of a brand new Ford F one fifty, courtesy of uh, The Rock, uh, Mister Harvey Whippleman, and yeah. uh, we see Teddy Long backstage, who we just saw on Raw in twenty twenty one. Yeah, <laughs> trying so to book good. a match with The Undertaker. So, it was amazing. It was so uh, amazing to me. And then we see The Undertaker's first manager, Brother Love, making his return to WWE after 10 years. Uh, yeah. Little did we know he'd be basically running the company a couple years later. Shortly after that. <laughs> Second yeah. in command. Yep. Uh, after we see all that going on backstage, The Undertaker returns to the spot of the inception of Monday Night Raw 25 years later uh, for his first appearance since WrestleMania 33. And uh, I believe if you go back and listen to our archives, we talk about this. And we talk about it in the weeks building up to it when it's first advertised. Like, whoa, I don't know. What's going on here? Is this... Mm -hmm. uh, is he just going to make a Legends appearance backstage like Tatanka or something? Um, Is he... Well, we knew that wasn't going to happen. But uh, <laughs> is he going to start the WrestleMania build? Is he going to formally announce his retirement? What is going right. on here? 
Um, they show a really awesome video package of Undertaker moments on Monday Night Raw throughout the years before this. And, uh, you know, he certainly had his fill of Raw moments throughout the years, even though a lot of people consider him a SmackDown guy. Uh, but they weirdly skip over the Biker Taker era um, oh, no. in that video package. Like, zero footage of that. Um, and Dumb. I, I never understand why they do stuff like that. Don't uh, insult my intelligence. <laughs> Uh, the gong finally hits, and uh, as I mentioned on that watch-along we did last week, the lights stay up. They do not go yeah. down inside the Manhattan Center here in 2018, just like they did in 1993, which is a nice little attention to detail there. Uh, mm -hmm. The crowd then chants, holy bleep, which I don't think they did in 1993. <laughs> no. And then not. we hear the Fink. Uh, I don't know that he was there live. I think it was just a recording of him introducing yeah. Taker. But that's still a really cool touch that they did that. Oh, no doubt. And Undertaker comes out. He's rocking this sleeveless hooded robe that we saw him wear a few years ago. And to me, it looked like he was rocking the wig we saw a few years ago, too. Man, I, it did not look like his real hair to me peeking out under that robe. Yeah, I don't robe. know. <laughs> I can't ever tell at this point because his hair's like got a lot thinner and like strawier, you know. Yeah. Like, so I don't really know. But yeah, the other year is definitely a wig. But this, I remember. I remember at the time thinking, man, it's a wig. But then when he comes back at Manny, I'm like, well, his hair's he, kind of long. He's so got pretty long hair, know. then. Um, yeah. The crowd chants for Taker as, like you say, he's standing in front of that Ico Pro background and. Undertaker says, the carnage that began on this sacred ground of evil 25 years ago. And for 25 years, any person who dared step foot in the dark side got buried. For 25 years, I've ripped legends off their pedestals and thrown them in the cold, dark earth. And Taker talks about guys like Stone Cold, Mick Foley, Kane, who he defeated throughout the years. Says they all tried and they all failed to take him down. And Undertaker says... And now, on this sacred ground, I declare for all of those who have fallen, it is truly time you rest in... So, interestingly, Undertaker says it's time for all of his victims to rest in peace. He doesn't say for himself to rest in peace. He doesn't declare war on a new victim or anything like that. It just kind of is a... Who knows what it's all about here. It just left a lot yeah. of us confused. Um, even JR and the King, because... JR says on commentary, was that a warning? And the king what? says, I don't know exactly how to read that, JR. <laughs> and yeah. That's what we all were thinking. Left me thoroughly confused, man. I remember just like, what did he just say? Like, I didn't know. Was he retiring? Was he calling out Stone Cold for a match? Were they going to go big at New Orleans and have him and Stone Cold come out of retirement? And I had no idea. Like, I was very confused because, again, I thought that he was retired and then he did this. And it was like, well, 
Maybe he's saying it's time for them to retire, but then by WrestleMania, he's going to retire officially. I don't know, man. It was just up in arms. But, again, he gives us some insight into that on the last ride. He did. It's actually on a deleted scene that's on YouTube, but he talks about this night and says, yeah, that was basically his point. He he wasn't sure at the time whether he was coming back or not, so he wanted to leave the door open. And this promo was just, it was kind of meant to be a little bit confusing. Yeah. And uh, mission accomplished there, Taker. Job. <laughs> yeah, job well done, sir. Um, uh, but we'd be remiss if we did not mention the fan in the crowd at the Manhattan Center yes. holding up the vintage 96 <laughs> denim jacket with Taker uh, in the purple gloves <laughs> on the background. Uh, incredible. Uh, Sorry I didn't so give you that good. for Christmas. Oh, it's fine, man. I rocked my Zubas just the other day, and they're on social media if you guys want to check them out. So got some, got me some Taker Easy Zubas. Actually, some Absolutely, Undertaker Zubas. Brother. Ooh, we could get some Taker Easy Zubas on T-Public. See if they could do that. But anyway, that's going to lead us, just kind of recap what's happening the rest of the winter uh, leading up, you know, just kind of John Cena's story and how it's going to go, because we're going to get to there, you know, in a minute. But so at Royal Rumble in January, Cena does not win the Rumble, but it is a phenomenal Royal Rumble. Uh, this Rumble match is so good, and the ending is great with, like, the old guard versus the new guard. It's a really, really cool Rumble. So Cena fails to win there, so he doesn't have his ticket to WrestleMania yet. So that Elimination Chamber, he's on, I think this is uh, the Raw match, maybe. He um, uses, you know, he qualifies for the Men's Elimination Chamber. Doesn't win, so now he's got to find a new path to WrestleMania. Um, Roman Roman Reigns wins that and locks his spot in against Brock at Mania. So, and then, according to Taker on the Last Raw documentary, this was during this pay-per-view that he sent that video text to Vince telling him he was ready to come back. And it was like during, I don't know what match it was during, but it was during this pay-per-view. He says he sent that it's him running back and forth against the ropes and kind of going over to the camera and sticking his tongue out. And uh, I think he had some choice words for Vince or something. I forgot exactly what he said, but he sent it to Vince during the pay-per-view. So that's kind of, they still didn't know at this point at elimination chamber, can they go with Cena and Taker yet? Which is just fascinating to me. That the, uh, that's the Toby Keith promo, right? Ain't as good uh, as I once was, but I'm yeah. as good once as I ever was. Yeah, I think that's it, yeah. So, yeah, he sends it to, to Vince, and that we've got our WrestleMania match locked behind the <laughs> scenes at that point. So the next month at Fastlane, well, two weeks later at Fastlane, the SmackDown pay-per-view, uh, John Cena fails to capture the title in the main event six-pack challenge. AJ retains it, uh, which means he's going to WrestleMania against Nakamura. So, again... Cena is losing all these pay-per-view matches over and over again. I mean, he really is losing a lot at this point. I don't think people give him credit during this part of his career. But oh, yeah, he's really absolutely. putting guys over a lot here. And, um, you know, so he's got to find that way to make it to Mania. So that's going to lead us into the night after Fastlane. This is March 12th, 2018 on Raw. And John Cena, the free agent of WWE, is going to come out and cut a promo and Apparently, he has no path to WrestleMania. The 16-time world champion, the international movie star, the leader of the locker room, has no path to WrestleMania. Uh, Neither pair of GMs would ever consider putting this guy in a (laughs) WrestleMania match at all, man. Uh, Yeah. And Cena, he... 
there's a reason why he's in Hollywood now, man, because he sells the heck out of this. And uh, he does. By man. the end of this promo, I'm, I I buy it, dude. Mm-hmm. But before this, it's just like, give me a break, man. This is so stupid. Like, of course, yeah. he, he can do whatever he wants at WrestleMania. Give me a break. Um, but Cena, yeah. he he sells it the it's whole time. Like having time. Austin on and not putting Austin in a match at yeah. Mania, like you wouldn't do that, you know. No. You put him against Scott Hall if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Cena says, "The truth is, he's had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity on both brands, but he just did not get the job done. And there's no one to blame but himself." And then the crowd, they see where this is going. Already, yeah. <laughs> and they chant Undertaker, and uh, Cena does the old uh, takes the hat off and rubs rubs the forehead that uh, he's known to yeah. do there, and uh, says he helps the people in the back are listening to you guys chanting, uh, but yeah. he says he's here tonight to say that he will not be contributing to WrestleMania. He will not be competing there, but he's not going to miss WrestleMania. He's not going to quit. He's not going to walk away. It's just that his road to WrestleMania is going to be the same as everyone out here in the crowd in the WWE Universe. He's going to go to WrestleMania as a fan this year. He puts over the WWE Universe, says without them, there's no excitement, no action, and no noise, which we found out to be very true this year uh, with WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Cena says he's not going to go with a boo-boo face. He's going to go with a smile. And then he hops into the crowd and says, I could be sitting next to people like this Sasquatch sipping a tall boy. And <laughs> he takes a sip of Sasquatch's beer. He starts his yeah. own This Is Awesome chant and then starts a Let's Go Roman chant, which the crowd does not <laughs> yeah. care for. That's so good. <laughs> and then uh, he says there's another chant the crowd won't be able to do this year. So he starts the crowd in a Let's Go Cena, Cena sucks chant. And... Uh, and he says the only way we would ever hear that chant this year is if he did something he's not supposed to do. And then Cena starts to think about it and says, well, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? If I do the thing I'm not supposed to do, what else could happen to me? I'm just going to go ahead and buy a ticket anyway. Mm-hmm. And then he says, well, screw it. I challenge The Undertaker to a match at WrestleMania. And the crowd just erupts at this, man. He, much like Roman Reigns, Cena has yeah. the crowd in the palm of his hands in this he, promo. He's so good here. He knows exactly what he's doing, man. And even though the fans kind of knew what was coming, he still played him like a fiddle, man. It's so good. And I love just the nonchalantness. That's not even a word. How nonchalant he plays that whole, eh, screw it. I'll challenge him to him. It's just, it's so well done. You know, it's not as phony wrestling as it could be. It's it's like you said, he's an actor now. And he, he's doing a good job of it. He is. He says he was told this was impossible as he starts trying to make this sort of like a work shoot kind right. of deal. He says, this. I was told this match would never happen, but I don't think it's the WWE who's against it. So I'm going to test that out and say if it's the WWE that doesn't want this, then they'll just cut my mic off. I challenge the Undertaker to a match at WrestleMania. I challenge the Undertaker to a match at WrestleMania. I challenge the Undertaker to a match at WrestleMania. The mic's still on. I'm still here. So it ain't the WWE. And it ain't any of you keeping that from happening. There's only one person keeping a match at WrestleMania from happening. And that's the Undertaker. 
So that's the big ooh moment from the crowd here mm-hmm. as he's getting into some behind the scenes stuff. And right. Cena says, I'm going to address the Undertaker personally. Get over your own ego. When I fail, I don't get, I get up and I go to work ready to kick butt the next day. But when you fail, you hide your head in the sand, never to be heard from again because you're embarrassed and ashamed. And stop hiding behind your lame excuses. You are not too old. You are not washed up. You are not broken down. Because if you was broken down, you wouldn't be posting workout videos on your wife's Instagram. The only person stopping this match from happening is you, you self-centered, conceited egomaniac. (laughs) Did not think we'd be talking about Instagram and an Undertaker promo, but (laughs) Cena lays it out there. says, the only person stopping this match from happening is you, you self-centered egomaniac. And Cena says, if it's Taker's ego that's in the way, he asks the crowd... If they want to see the match. He asks if 75,000 people want to see it. If they want to see the Undertaker tombstone of him at WrestleMania. And the crowd erupts again. Cena says they want to see it. He wants to see it. Cena says at WrestleMania he's either going to go as a fan or he's going to go as Undertaker's opponent. Which would be history. The ball is in Taker's court. Cena says if it was him, he knows what he'd do. He'd want one more match. And Cena actually leaves without his music playing and walks to the mm-hmm. back after this promo here. And that was a heck of a promo, dude. So you just hearing this match on paper after Undertaker's big retirement last year, couldn't care less about it. Didn't want him to do it. By the time yep. this promo is over, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm in. Yep. Give it to Cena me. Cena is so good. That's why he's one of the best, man. That's why he's one of the best to ever, ever get in the ring and spit on a mic, man. He's so good. And, and yeah, and he sold he sold me right there. And it works because of the reality it's that they're true, putting into exactly. this. It's not just Cena calling out the dead man and saying, oh, I'm not afraid of you, dead man. Uh, right. All that sort of stuff. He's working in you know they call this the reality era during this time so he's working in we all know the undertaker's retired we all know he's been uh he's posting pictures of him uh (laughs) buying subway sandwiches or something (laughs) (laughs) and yes uh, posting family pictures playing uno uh with his with his kids or something like that um and cena's playing into that man and it's Really, really well done. They don't always do this sort of stuff well, but for right. this, it, it really works. Mm-hmm. It does. And it's not as, like, over-the-top work shoot stuff as Vince Russo's stuff. You know, it was just enough, yeah. just a hint, uh, yeah. like you said, in that reality era to give it a touch of, of realness. So that's going to take us to the next week, March uh, 19th. So we get a Snickers Hungry for Mania moment with Cena defeating JBL to become the WWE champion back at WrestleMania 21. And then... Cena comes out, and Michael Cole again, he's like, well, John Cena doesn't have a clear path to WrestleMania, and Cena's like, you know, this Raw is in Texas, and this isn't your typical Raw. He's like, everything's bigger in Texas. You know, I I challenged Undertaker last week, and I challenged him to give me a yes or a no, and so tonight we're going to find out his response. He says, uh, you know, I'm amazed that Taker's been hiding since 
since he's embarrassed. He says, you know, Taker thinks that we all believe he doesn't belong here anymore. As long as there's a WWE, the name Undertaker has meaning. Then he puts over Taker, and he's like, you know, the crowd come to their feet. Anytime your your music hits, whenever you come out, and then he asks the fans in Dallas, you know, do you want to see him? And, of course, unanimous yes chance, you know, because, again, at this point, we we know that Daniel Bryan's coming back, too, so the yes chance are in full swing uh, here, you know, more than they have been in recent memory because Daniel Bryan's back on the scene. So, um, And then John Cena just points out a guy dressed like The Undertaker in the audience. <laughs> and uh, I love it because this dude is just cosplaying like a beast and just i love yes. how Cena, he's he's able to go off script and and improv that kind of stuff and make it seem real and seamless he's so good at that so and he does he's like look at this dude over here and it's just the crowd just <laughs> chanting for this guy so it's the best it's moment awesome. of that guy's life oh yeah dude that guy is like, never has to go to another show again because he just hit cloud nine so it's great man so you know cena says you know well get ready and hold on to your seats because the Undertaker's response to my challenge at WrestleMania is nothing. Silence. Not a yes, not a no. Nothing. And that is the biggest mistake The Undertaker has ever made. He said, you know, I don't mind going to WrestleMania as a fan, but I'd love to go as your opponent. But I feel disrespected since you didn't give me an answer. And he says, actually, it's disrespectful not just to me, but to all these fans in the WWE Universe that you didn't give an answer. You know, he said, to everybody here who's become obsessed with the streak, every every beating heart who for over... I think he says 40 years, right? Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, it doesn't mean that. But he says, you know, every, every beating heart that for over 40 years took an oversized mortician turned him into a god. And he says, you know, Mr. Undertaker, after all these people have given you everything they have, you can't find a way to give them a yes or a no. And the crowd at this point is chanting, you know, we want Taker. And um, Cena kind of looks disgusted, you know, with Taker at this point. He tells Taker, you know, if you retire, just say it. And nobody cares. And if not, just say it and give the world what they want to see. He's like, instead, you're drowning in your own insecurity, and you're not a god anymore. You're just a man, and you're a coward. The Undertaker is a coward! Prove me wrong! Please, prove me wrong! Give me a yes! Give me a no. Hell, at this point, I don't even need a yes or no. Do some of that stupid stuff you do. Roll a casket out here. Or, or, or give me smoke. Or, or lightning. Or, or something. Just don't sit there and do nothing. Be a man. Be the undertaker. Do something. He's just begging Taker. Do anything. And then Dallas is just on cue. Starts chanting, do something. Do something. So even the the crowd now is getting into do something. So nothing happens. And Cena's like, you know, this was the exact moment you let everyone down that believed in you, and you could just should barely be able to call yourself a man right now. And then of course, something does happen, but it's not Taker. It's Kane, his baby brother. So his music hits. He comes out, and Michael Cole's like, could this be the sign we're looking for? And uh, I mean, I'd <laughs> say it's Captain something. Obvious. <laughs> Cole, yeah, thanks, dummy, but. 
Kane gets in the ring and Cena's like, you know, you're going to give us the response that we deserve. And he says, you know, is it a yes or is it a no? And the crowd's chanting, yes, yes, yes. And then Kane just goozles Cena and chokes slams him in the middle of the ring. And Coach, who's on commentary now, by the way, he's back in the company. He says, so is that a yes or is that a no? And Cole's like, well, maybe Kane's stepping up to face Cena at WrestleMania. So, yeah, that was a big <laughs> a big night for the build here. Kane comes back. But also, don't forget this night. This was the night of the ultimate deletion as the main event. Um, oh, the, I will not forget that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, man, so – um, I we all knew that Kane wasn't going to face Cena at WrestleMania, but this is a nice way to play into the history here and use Kane as a pawn in this storyline. So it's going exactly. to next week. And, it, and it's the best kind of wrestling build, in my opinion, is that they're te- they're telling you no, they're denying. You. Yes, exactly. They're, they're not giving you exactly what you want and making you want it more. Like, come on, just make the match. Oh my gosh, is it going to happen? There's still right. we all know in our heart of hearts. They would not be building this if it's not really going to happen. But then right. there's still that little sliver mm-hmm. of, of kayfabe you in your heart because you don't know yeah. for sure if it's going to happen because the Undertaker is supposed to be retired. Right. Uh, so that goes on to uh, next week, March 26th. Um, Kane's got sort of an old school promo in the boiler room. Uh, he's got a message for John Cena. It says uh, he's got, there's some demons you should never call out by name. Demons who do not want to be disturbed. Demons who want to rest in peace. And now you have to suffer for your indiscretion. You are not going to WrestleMania tonight. You are going straight to That's a tough detour right there, yeah. Yeah. Um, And that is going to be our main event tonight, Cena and Kane in a uh, no-DQ match, uh, just for the heck of it, I guess. 2018. (laughs) Sure. The main event. (laughs) Cena and Kane. That's crazy. Well, we just had had Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy on Legends Night of Raw, except... Those are two freaking legends, yeah. But that's the thing. They're not supposed to be legends. (laughs) Right. But they could have been. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is cool and funny and sad. I don't know. A little mix of all. Great of match there. But Those sure. guys are phenomenal. Absolutely. Games, Absolutely. Nothing wrong with it. Um, anyway, Cena <laughs> wins after he gives Kane an AA through a table. We don't have to talk about that match too much. But um, the, cool pom- the cool moments in the match are that right. Cena does some of the Undertaker's moves during the match. He does an Undertaker sit-up. He does a throw slash. And John Cena gives Kane a choke slam, adding a new move to his repertoire. Don't say he's just got five moves of doom. This man's doing a <laughs> choke slam out here. And he then, does all kind of stuff. He does Canadian destroyers and stuff at this point in his absolutely. career. He's pulling out everything. He does that uh, springboard stunner a couple times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unfortunately, he did do that. Uh, uh, Cena grabs a mic after defeating Kane and says, No lightning, no bells of terror, no Undertaker. This is a match with no rules. Anything can happen. Anyone can be here. Undertaker! 
Then Cena again holds the mic up for the WWE Universe to chant. He again calls The Undertaker a coward as his frustration is growing week by week by week with Undertaker. He talks about all the crowds chanting his name. He says, silence is not an answer. I need a yes or a no. I'm fine with a no because I will go to WrestleMania as a fan. But get your eyes out of the back of your head and look at the energy of these fans when they chant. And he reminded me of Chris Farley in that Hurley voice sketch from SNL. It's just like, for God's sake, man. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Let the boy watch your plans. Let the boy live in your house. But get your eyes out of the back of your head and look at the energy when they chant yes, when they chant Undertaker, when they chant do something for God. He's a clean boy. Wash your own damn sheets. For God's sakes. Let the boy go to WrestleMania. Let the boy John Cena go to WrestleMania. Cena says Undertaker has one week left. He can do something or he can do nothing. If he does nothing, he'll let him down. He'll let Kane down. He'll make it clear to every person who has ever believed in the Undertaker that he does not care about them. He only cares for himself. And then Cena walks away. He looks into the camera as the show goes off the air. And he actually does the throat slash and rolls his eyes in the back mm-hmm. of his head. And then shakes his head in disgust as the Undertaker who refuses to answer his challenge. Yeah, so again, just another week. Another uh, kind of the same old, but add a little, little tweak in there. you know. But again, it's making you wonder, why is Taker not showing up yet? Usually he's going to be there by now. Um that's going to take us to the go-home show for WrestleMania, so April 2nd. And this is from, you know, uh, two hours from where we grew up in Atlanta, where you live now. So, yeah. uh, Cena comes out for a promo. Um, this is his last week to entice the Undertaker to come out of retirement or whatever. And he says, um, and oh, I want to point out, too, like, when Cena comes out at this point, he goes straight over to Coach at the commentary. I love it, dude. Every week. right over to Coach. He's like, what's <laughs> up? But, like, I just I love it. It's I don't know what it's about. Mm. I don't care, but... I love seeing it. Yeah. So, and then the commentary team is like, you know, are we going to hear from Taker tonight or not? And then Cena comes out and he says, you know, I was wrong. You know, we're out of time and there's still no answer. So apparently silence means no Undertaker at WrestleMania. So he says, you know, I'm sorry, guys. I did everything I could possible to get Taker to do something. But I'm going WrestleMania fired up. I'm going fired up as a fan of one of you. So he says that Michael Cole told him just to enter the WrestleMania Battle Royal or one of the three-way matches or become Braun's tag team partner. And he says well, what Michael Cole doesn't understand is that I lost to Roman Reigns. I lost to Survivor Series. I lost to Royal Rumble. I lost to Elimination Chamber. I lost to Fastlane. So, again, that's five pay-per-views pretty much in a row that he lost that, which is atypical for John Cena. So I do like when you look at what this match is leading to I really do like how it is telling the story. It's not just two marquee names against each other. Like, you know, we tend to get with people like Goldberg coming back nowadays or whatever, like or Triple H matches sometimes. This one actually does have a story. Cena really has right. lost a lot of pay per view matches. He's trying to recapture that lightning in a bottle that he used to have. And then Taker is he isn't he retired. I do like that part of this all. It's it's really got some truth to it so it's fun but he says you know i don't want to take the spot from one of the other wrestlers who have earned it you know he and he reminds 
the fans and he called out Taker for a last chance WrestleMania moment. It's my last chance there. And it's and this this could be a match where no one's gonna get held back. I'm not taking the place of some of the young talent. So again, you could say, Well, yeah, you are by being on the card, you're just taking the spot of somebody <laughs> else. But he's he's got a good point there where that he's not, you know, he's not uh, becoming Braun's tag team partner. He's leaving that up for somebody else. Probably some young up and coming superstar can, you know, just grab the brass ring at WrestleMania and become tag team champion with Braun Strowman. Wait a minute. That's not what happens. That's no, not? <laughs> but anyway. That's, anyway. It's a young up and comer. Um, he is a young, very young up and comer. <laughs> but um, anyway, back to the story at hand. He, you know, he's, this is, you know, he said, I can't be blamed for taking my spot. It's just two larger than life superstars duking it out of WrestleMania. It seems perfect, but things change. Stuff outside the, you know, WWE that changes my life. And he's talking about Hollywood. He says, you know, maybe. Maybe this WrestleMania is the perfect time to make a change. And so the crowd starts chanting for Taker. And seeing is like, I hope that he hears you, but I don't know if he does. And he says, I'm going WrestleMania. I'm proud of it. I'm going to be able to watch gifted guys like Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. And proud to be watching Daniel Bryan back where he belongs. And I'm going to watch AJ finally get the WWE Championship WrestleMania match he deserves. You know, proud that WrestleMania falls on the same day as Rusev Day. So he's just... He's just putting everybody over me. I love it, dude. And he's like, I'm proud to see Elias because I know what WWE stands for. Proud of all the women's matches there. So, again, seen as a company guy, he's building the rest of the, st- of, the of the roster up and the rest of the show. And um, then he says, you know, I did everything I could to stir up and summon Taker. But, you know, he kind of talks about the last few weeks and then says, you know, I guess you guys couldn't be loud enough to summon Taker. You know, talk kind of patronizing the, the fans in Atlanta. And he says, you know, I don't know, and they get a little bit louder, and then he's like, I don't know if you guys are loud enough. But again, he knows exactly what he's doing. Hot Lana, Hot Lana, Hot Lana, you got to listen to me. If you want the lightning, you need to be the thunder. Let him hear your ass all the way to Death Valley. And he holds the mic up, and Atlanta just roars till they finally, finally quit, and then huge Undertaker chants, and then Cena just kind of, you know, we don't see any instance of Taker, no magic, no smoke or anything. He just kind of shrugs, and the fans start booing. And this time, they're not booing him. They're booing Taker not showing up, So, um, which is funny because usually in this time period, Cena's going to be getting booed no matter what he does. But he's yeah. this is the time where he's kind of transitioning away and actually earning fans' respect by being away a little bit. And when he comes back, it does mean something. So they're booing Taker not showing up, which is a big deal. You know, so um, at that point, uh, we, you know, he says, you know, four weeks straight, fans pour their heart and you don't have the decency to say anything. You can ignore me all you want, but you're a dead man walking since you ignore the fans. Hey, Undertaker, it's, it's obvious that you left your hat in the ring, but it's clear to everybody here that you left your balls at home. Now the crowd Ooh. starts chanting for Cena. Which is big news, you know, and he just called, he just pulled the Undertaker's punk card right there, telling him <laughs> he left his set at home. 100%. So don't want to gloss over that. But then, you know, he leaves disappointed as Michael Cole's like, you know, I would love to call this match at WrestleMania, so I'm very disappointed as well. So, um, you know, I like that they're playing into it. Again, some people crapped on this because they're like, why would you not advertise it? Dude, WrestleMania sells itself. It's. If they put this match, no one else is going to buy an extra ticket because this match. I'm sorry. I don't think that's going to happen. The tickets were sold in November. You don't even know what the card is. Like, 
you're buying this match, you're this tickets because it's WrestleMania. It doesn't really matter what they put on the card. And it's but not pay-per-view anymore. It's, it's, on not, the, exactly. it's on the WWE Network. You can do literally whatever you want. Exactly. So, I mean, heck, Big Show main evented this year. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, that's it, man. And so, again, I, especially going back and revisiting now, I really dug this build-up a lot more. Than, I mean, I dug it then. I dig it even more now, going back and watching it in hindsight. So Yeah, I agree. I think it, it has gotten better with age and, and uh, even better than it was at the time. I love the restraint of them never playing a gong, never no. having the lights flicker, not even for mm-hmm. half a second or anything nope. like that. Absolutely no teases from Undertaker. So you are literally left hanging like, man, maybe he's not coming back. Like they do nothing to confirm it and do everything to try to swerve you the other way, yeah. uh, including up to and during the show, which we will talk about in yeah. just a few minutes here. But, uh, yeah, uh, Taker, or excuse me, John Cena was not the only person who was going to attend WrestleMania as a fan that year because no. uh, I was able to join him in the crowd uh, at, at WrestleMania 34, unexpe- very unexpectedly. So, uh, yeah, talked about, about this. Walk us down that, yeah. Yeah, I talked about it a bit back during the time when it happened on the show, but uh, basically future AEW commentator Tony Schiavone was the host of a weekly pro wrestling radio show here in Atlanta on our local yeah. sports talk station for uh, a few months or, or a couple years, something like that. Um, he doesn't do it anymore, but uh, did it for a little while back during this time, and I heard a commercial on the radio a couple weeks before Mania saying that they were going to do a live broadcast of this wrestling show at a uh, sports bar here in town, and they were going to be giving away tickets to WrestleMania. Uh, It was going to involve a costume contest and cutting a promo on Tony Schiavone and all this stuff. And (laughs) again, this was uh, seven, eight months into us doing the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was the Undertaker possibly coming back, so it man it just felt like kind of fate. Like I, I kind of have to go do this, man. I got to oh, do yeah. it for, 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 due to our pursuit of the show. Um, I was a bit uh, reluctant to go do it, a little bit embarrassed to go do it. But uh, my wife said, "You have to go do it. You have to go do it." Oh yeah. And so uh, actually thought about dressing up as Tony Schiavone, like from the eighties, like with a mustache and a tuxedo and stuff. But, uh, I'm ended... Starbucks apron. <laughs> that would have been even better. <laughs> oh, barista Tony Schiavone. <laughs> with my ear pierced. Georgia hat. Yeah. Ear piercing. <laughs> uh, I ended up going as my old go-to wrestling dress Diesel. up. Uh, no, not that old, old school. I went as Hulk Hogan and, uh, there yeah. were probably, Five or six other people dressed up. Uh, we all actually cut promos live on the air about why we should go to WrestleMania. And uh, probably uh, still have the video of it and the audio. I'll have to reshare that or maybe insert that into the podcast here. And actually won that contest. But that contest yeah, was did. actually that contest was actually for Raw on that night in Atlanta, the week before WrestleMania. So... I won those tickets. There was actually a trivia contest later in the night, a WrestleMania trivia contest, and that was for the WrestleMania tickets. And somehow I won that one as well. I I remember my round 
was about um, divas matches, uh, which was it, like they 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 gave me like six divas matches, and I had to match them up to which WrestleMania they were at, which was kind of difficult like it was kind of hard to remember where christy hemi fought trish stratus and, and stuff like that. Mm. they all kind of blend together from that era but Ooh. somehow yeah, 23 maybe i don't I know i think it's 21 21 actually. or 20 yeah 21 yeah. probably yeah but i uh, ended up winning them that night and I, I remember texting you a picture of them and talking to you on the yeah. phone that <laughs> night um and yeah of course uh, inviting you to come along with me, but um, it was very short notice, and you had a uh, very interesting job at the time where you were on one. Yeah, week, I worked off Tuesday to week. Tuesday. Yeah, so, so getting uh, off on a Saturday to go to New Orleans on a Sunday, and then trying to come back and finish my shift out wasn't going to work out. And I even discussed it, but it wasn't going to work. So unfortunately, I had to to pass up on those. But yeah, I really, really tried everything in my power too because um i didn't really have vacation days per se my week off was my time off so it was what it was but uh yeah i was glad that uh glad that you got to go and you mean you take one for the team dude you're putting you're a method actor like when this this (laughs) this art we're putting out dude you are method acting you're gonna get in there in the trenches and get some like on boots to the ground like journalism here so i love it well, you know, I, I was disappointed. We'd been at two WrestleManias. Uh, this was not going to be our third one. Uh, but I ended up asking uh, my brother-in-law, uh, who is a big wrestling fan, uh, a bit younger. He, he'd never been to a WrestleMania before. Uh, but uh, I knew he would think it was really cool and really special and it'd be a yeah. fun thing for us to do together. So he was very pumped to go to his first WrestleMania. And uh, I was too. Man, it came at a really crazy time uh, in my life um we never really talked about this on the show but i had uh, just lost my job a few months before mm-hmm. this uh in december and um quite honestly it was, it was pretty depressed uh during this time so it was a, a very nice treat and a nice surprise to be able to to go to wrestlemania uh but i was also very broke <laughs> at the time so we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't make a big trip out of it when we literally Got in the car in Atlanta on Sunday morning and drove like uh, it's like ten hours to New Orleans uh, and drove straight there uh, and just we we I could afford an Airbnb for one night on Sunday night so and it was a it was like a it's like a hallway man it's just that, like, <laughs> it was not super nice or anything it was just a place to lay our heads after going to WrestleMania so uh, uh, but we made it happen man uh, and if you actually go on the Talking Taker Instagram I think there's still some saved pinned uh stories of us going that day and uh yeah it was a uh we basically got there put our stuff down and then uh took an uber back over to the superdome which was pretty close to us and there was already a huge line waiting to get into the show when we got there and uh i would say from that point on until the show started from my vantage point, these fans were there for two things on this night. One was Rusev Day, and the other one was Ronda Rousey. That is what mm-hmm. people were chanting for and what people had shirts on more than anything I saw that whole night. I mean, you're not wrong from just watching from not even being there, like the, the Rusev Day thing. and, and uh, Yeah, he was he was mega over, man, as a babyface, even though he was supposed to be a heel. But uh, 
that and then yeah, Rousey's and, and Daniel Bryan's return was a, a big That's deal. That's probably number three. It, yeah, and uh, the Rousey match well over delivered. But yeah, seeing her in the ring for the first time was pretty pretty cool, man. Uh, as a fan, I can't imagine what it was like to be there because that match was phenomenal. It was a pretty huge well, deal. Yeah. That was probably my favorite match of the night. And uh, Daniel Bryan's comeback was pretty special to see as well. Uh, you know, we didn't have amazing seats. We, we were very pretty high up in the upper upper deck, but they were free, and, and we were there in the building, so that was super cool. Uh, I'd never been to the Superdome before. Uh, it felt just absolutely huge. Uh, I've been sure. in some big domes before, but for some reason, this one just felt even bigger. Did it and, feel uh, super? It felt super duper, dude. Uh, <laughs> the giant Mardi Gras mask on the stage was pretty neat to oh, see. Oh, so good. Uh, and actually, I love this stage. <laughs> that day was the same day as the finals, final round of the Masters tournament, and uh, we were actually watching the Masters on uh, my brother-in-law Buck's uh, phone while we were there during the pre-show because uh, the guy who won that year. Uh, was Patrick Reed, who's actually a family friend of uh, my wife's family. So um, we were actually, it was a pretty crazy day to be watching that, him win the Masters for the first time, and then uh, yeah. being at WrestleMania at the same time. We were probably the only people watching golf on our phones while at WrestleMania. I, definitely. <laughs> oh, that's funny, though. Wasn't there a lady like, that got next to you and was like just here to see Matt Hardy and the Hardy Boys, and like he had just won the Battle Royal beforehand like she missed him or something right she missed yeah, him yeah i forgot the, about that but yeah That's she one came of my in stories from that whole weekend <laughs> she came in and, and sat next to us yeah like probably came in during the the first match of the main show it's like yeah oh, i can't wait to see matt hardy tonight that's what i'm here for it's my favorite we're like oh well he yeah he won. won the battle royal but that was 30 minutes ago <laughs> She's got another five hours ahead of her. Yeah. Oh God, it was it was a long night, man. Uh, in addition to us driving for so long, God, this this show it, we had a blast, but it, I was so tired by the end of it, man. It just it felt long. No diggity, man. I'm sure. Uh, but as I said, we were watching golf on our phone during the pre-show festivities. But actually, most people in the crowd were watching John Cena, who was. Yeah. He committed to the bit. He was down in the front row. Uh, we could see him down there from where we were. We saw these crowds hanging around him, taking pictures, getting autographs with him. And I'm pretty sure he stayed out there the whole time. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it the whole time, but he does actually. He's out there. He's got his WrestleMania t-shirt on and his jeans, not jean shorts. Yeah, long uh, jeans. And he actually gets interviewed by uh, Charlie Caruso and... He's drinking a beer, having a blast as a fan. This all during the pre-show stuff, man. It's it's fantastic. Rick Flair's doppelganger is here. Sign guy is here. We've seen the Andre Battle Royal. We've seen the Cruiserweight Championship. I'm in the Cena section, as my good as my good friend JR would say. We're live, pal. Here's to WrestleMania. It really was, and just watching it as a fan at home, it was really fun to see. Just like you said, they went all he went all in with it, and they did a great job 
of making it still seem like, man, crap, like, are they really not going to have Cena or Taker on this pay-per-view? You know, it is a loaded card. I mean, it is a loaded card, and they're just, I really dig this WrestleMania. Um, a lot of the matches on there were a lot of fun. But, um, and then you could have take it, five or six main events. Exactly. Out of this, out of this and then they even take it one step further, which I'm assuming is what you're about to tell us about, because not only does Cena commit to being in the crowd, the WWE as a whole commits. So I, my one souvenir or two souvenirs from the night, I got a commemorative cup, uh, which you got to do when you go to WrestleMania. And I got a program, which I have from the other two WrestleManias we were at. So, so I made sure to get one of those from the night. Couldn't really afford much else, but I, I made sure I had enough for that. Um, and the first page, when you open it up on the commemorative program, it's got John Cena and The Undertaker with a big question mark over his face. It says, will Undertaker accept John Cena's challenge at WrestleMania? As of this writing, we cannot confirm if this match will take place. So that's I love that. Great, man. They didn't have to do that. No. no one would know. No one would care if they didn't, if they just went ahead and spoiled it. But they committed to it. And it's very contrary to Vince's stuff. Again, I've talked on here about how he is a promoter. He loves to promote big name things. I mean, shoot, Raw Legends Night, Goldberg came back on the, at the end of it and challenged Drew McIntyre. They're going to push that match a month before Wrestle, a month before Royal Rumble. You know, like he, Cena and The Rock was promoted for a year. Vince knows how to promote stuff. But this was one they just he pulled all that back and had like you said earlier had to show restraint and even went so far as to put in the program guide that is it going to happen? I just I love the little touch to that man. It's so foreign to what they normally do. I just really dig that attention to detail, man. It's a lot of fun. Yes, man. It's, it's the coolest part of all this. They commit throughout the entire show tonight. So uh, let's get to it, man. WrestleMania thirty four. Yeah. Yeah, April 8th, 2018, Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. I love the set, love the stage, love it all. Uh, like you said, we got Cena in the crowd hanging out there. And then um, I – my okay, so the the Rousey tag team match is probably my favorite, like, sports entertainment match, spectacle match of the night. But as far as athletic contests, my favorite match of the night is Oscar and Charlotte. They just absolutely rip the – building in half man like just that, that movement i was gonna say blew the roof off but that's cliche they were the building in half dude it is wow. just it is insane i love that match but then unfortunately so oscar's been undefeated this whole time she's got a goldberg streak going on charlotte beats her but then you don't even get a minute to soak that in because then a referee hops runs down hops the barricade and notifies john cena in the audience that the undertaker is there tonight and cena's like ah whatever you know and the ref's like, no, no, he's here. He's he keeps saying he's here. Uh, and you probably couldn't see this from where well, you were. I don't know. Did they show it on the Tron there or what? They did, but I actually, as soon as Oscar and Charlotte was over, I hopped up and ran to the bathroom. <laughs> was, I watched the whole match. I did not leave during the match. It was a great match. Yeah, it was fantastic. But uh, I was like, as soon as it was over, as soon as the bell rang, I was like, okay, yeah. take my bathroom break. I'm running because you know. <laughs> You got you got to squeeze them in. Oh you yeah, there, exactly. uh, you know, super crowded and everything. So I actually came back to my seat, and Buck was telling me, "So the Cena got up right oh, there." I was okay. like, "What? Okay, it's cool. happening! It's happening! It's happening!" 
yeah, that's cool. So you're just like, oh man, it's gonna happen. I didn't you know? even so, yeah. see it. Yeah, Santa runs right past you know the <laughs> ramp, right past Charlotte, and right to to make a beeline back. And, and a funny little moment though, Charlotte's like, that's John Cena, which is kind of funny. But yeah, that's my only down, my only downer about this whole night. Honestly, is that they don't let that moment breathe of her streak being broken you know but but it is cool to see this kind of being almost like it's real life like oh takers here crap gotta go get ready in case he is so i like that it, it just added to the reality of this yeah. it added to the uniqueness of it we'd never seen anything like this happen Mm-mm. at wrestlemania so um it was very cool that they again they're committed to this they're making it different um i, I really appreciate that so about an hour and a few matches later, John Cena's music plays, <laughs> yeah. and uh, he uh, has taken his jeans off and uh, has got some jean shorts on now. <laughs> Underneath. And uh, runs to the ring. Uh, JoJo announces Cena. It looks like a match is actually going to happen. Uh, John Cena is super excited. Uh, this is... Uh, supposedly going to be the sixth match on the card, so it's pretty much smack dab in the middle of yeah. the show. Um, we have Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and the coach on commentary, Jonathan Coachman. Uh, this is probably this thing is the only time we have this combination at WrestleMania here, and uh, the crowd is pumped for it. But a second referee is going to run down to the ring, and he appears to be telling Cena that they don't know where The Undertaker is. And Cena just looks crushed, man, just devastated. Mm -hmm. The crowd chants for Undertaker. Cena can't believe it. (sighs) He finally gives up, steps out of the ring, and starts to walk to the back when all of a sudden the lights go out. And what do you think at this point in there? Are you thinking Taker's coming out next? It's going down. All right. Well, what we actually hear is a strum of old Elias's guitar, and he starts playing the House of the Rising Sun, which is awesome. What a <laughs> great little plan there. But, yeah, what a cool tease. Again, they're going all in. The lights go out, and you hear the bring and Elias's uh, guitar strums, and he starts playing the House of the Rising Sun, walking down, and he, he just goes... Perfect heel move, man. This is this is it's, peak Elias right here. Oh yeah, he's so good, man. And he's like, oh well, that someone else doesn't have the athletic talent, the charisma, or unlimited talent that I have in my soul. New Orleans uh, basically tells Elias that he sucks, and you're just chanting, "You suck, you suck." Because again, they're taking, they're doing what you say. They're taking away. They're still giving you no as an answer. You know, they're not letting you know the takers here. So yeah. he uh, gets in the ring, tells Cena to back up, and Cena just kind of watches him and. Finally, Cena just leaves the ring and hops the barricade and goes back into the crowd. He's had enough. He's like, you know, forget it. I'm done. Taker's not coming. So Elias is like, you know, I'm about to make history. And then he sings a little ditty he wrote, and he starts trashing Cena and uh, putting him down. And it's pretty funny here because then Cena just has enough and jumps over the barricade, runs in the ring, 
couple shoulder blocks, a slam, five knuckle shuffle, and then hits the the uh, attitude adjustment, and basically he kicks Elias out of the ring, and then kicks his guitar out of the ring, and that's he's just he's he looks angry, he looks livid, he's mad, he didn't get what he wanted, and he steps out of the ring, he puts his hands on his hips, he kind of poses to the crowd, but you can see the disappointment on his face as his music is playing. <laughs> And they really just stretch this out and make mm-hmm. you believe it's not going to happen for as long as they possibly can. And you're sitting there waiting. The anticipation is just building as you're there in the arena. Like, oh, come on, come on, come on. They got to do something here. And finally, Undertake, <clears throat> finally, Cena's music pauses. It stops. And Cena starts to look around. The lights go out, and a spotlight rises on the ring. And we see in the ring the Undertaker's hat and his robe and his gloves placed just as they were at the end of WrestleMania 33. Lightning strikes the ring. The lights go out. The spotlight comes back on, and the ring is empty. Those items are missing, and Cena is looking on in absolute shock. And that is the scene that you imagine would have played out on Raw six days before. Yeah. To lead you, that's what you're talking about. Like, they didn't do this. They didn't do the smoke, the the lightning, the super the supernatural stuff. But this is typically in an Undertaker build. This is the way you're going to end the go-home show to let you know he's going to be there and promote it. But they saved it for this night, and I love that, man. It's really cool. And like you said, Cena is spooked here like he's seen a ghost. The lights go out again, and then, I mean, the gong hits. Or the what do you call them earlier? The bells of death? The bells of doom? <laughs> yeah. Death, death bells? Anyway, and then you guys in New Orleans just also blow the roof off the place, man. Like, whatever... It was just insane, man. Such a great reaction. And, I mean, you guys are seeing him for the first time since Mania last year. This is it. No appearance. At, well, except for Raw 25. But, like, right. that was ominous and weird. So, this is a big deal, man. And just, you were there. Like, what was, what were you doing? Just losing my mind, man. It was going nuts, <laughs> screaming. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe our, uh, the luck and the fate to, to be there. Yeah in the crowd uh just an incredible reaction one of the loudest things uh, i've ever heard as flames are shooting up out of the stage and the undertaker rises up from under the stage where we saw him descend into the stage last year again perfect touch all the stuff in the ring was perfect this was perfect that they they had the foresight to do that and uh, full circle here as he soaks in this reaction from us in the crowd and begins his march to the ring. And Michael Cole tells us that the dead man has risen. He's so excited, too. Like, oh, Cole is so He's marking out. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, he is. And Cena, again, he looks just goofed beyond belief, man. And Taker's got longer hair than we last saw him, but he's got the same coat from last year, which is a cool little bit of symmetry here. The same coat he laid down on his last match allegedly is the same one he's wearing. I think it's the same one he's worn. It's the same one he laid down at Survivor Series 2020. So I think it's the same one he's been wearing since. We'll, we'll find out as we continue this ride. But um, 
coach says, seeing in the fans are all in disbelief. And Cole says, it had to be here. It had to be in the Superdome, the spot where his 21-0 streak ended, which, again, another cool piece of continuity and storytelling there that you don't get with a lot of guys, but you get it with somebody as tenured as Undertaker. So, again, I want to give kudos to Cena for looking shocked. He finally, you know, he's getting in the ring, and coach is like, you know, John Cena brought the Undertaker back. Nobody else. You know, only John Cena could do that. So I really just like that they're building this up here because what we're about to get is a sprint. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Taker hits that signature shot where he's raising the lights up and we see that giant mania stage and sign in the background. Excellent camera work and production as always. Michael Cole says this is the two greatest performers of all time facing off here, which is... For WWE, not a stretch. You know, you, you could make that argument, uh, right? In, in some ways, you know, obviously you've got a few other guys who could who could go in there, but they're, they're two of the handful of them without question here on for the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, for being absolutely. on top for the longest time. You know, absolutely. you could say guys like Rock and Austin, obviously for box office appeal, but they weren't on top very long. These guys are on top forever. So that's anyway. a great way. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so um, you know, Taker gets in the ring and just stares Cena's de- Cena down as we get these lasers like from the from the top. They're making this image around him, and to me, it looked like Sonya Blade's projectile from Mortal Kombat. But I didn't even remember. I got you. At, but like, it's like a purple, almost like Crown of Thorns type looking thing. But it just reminded me of her little projectile she used to shoot out on Mortal Kombat. So uh, <laughs> did not remember that. But uh, Taker it looks cool. Remote. It did look cool. It was a neat little touch and. Taker takes his hat off and his eyes will roll back as the light comes up and the thunder cracks and then Cole just, you know, tells us that these are the two winningest wrestlers in WrestleMania history, which we obviously know that for Taker, but Cena was at this time, I don't know if he still is, but he was at the time the second winningest, you know, wrestler in WrestleMania history. So that's pretty cool. Again, it's something they could have, they could have used in the buildup, but they didn't because they, again, were playing up the fact that we didn't know, but that again, like you said, that wasn't what this was built on. It wasn't what, oh, I want my streak and your streak, blah, 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 blah. It was just, got to get a match at WrestleMania. Why not call it the dead man? So, I like Taker it. Looks, Taker looks like he's in a lot better shape than he was last year. Oh, yeah. He's trimmed down a bit. Uh, he's got the leather pants and tank top look that we've seen for a while now. And uh, we get a big stare down between them, like you said, as those lasers are going off. And lights come back up. And... This match gets right into it. The bell rings and Undertaker comes right at Cena as the bell is ringing and he starts throwing soup bones. And he's hitting the greatest hits here tonight, dude. He intimidates the referee. Uh, Cena whips Taker into the turnbuckle, but Taker hits a big boot on Cena and that diving clothesline on him starts working over the shoulder as the crowd is just electric for this yeah, it has a big fight feel. It really it has like one of those Brock Lesnar match feels to it. Like it's just, it really is. How could it not? Just a spectacle, man. Like you got these two guys, and again, you don't know at this point are they going to go for thirty minutes, put on a clinic? Are they going to? What are they going to do? You have no idea. Again, they haven't touched because Taker hasn't been around, so you don't know what to expect. You know, so it's really, really big fight feel. And then Taker's going to hit some stuff that we talked about. He did not get to hit in the match of Roman Reigns because of his hip. You know, he was doing some of the greatest hits, but not all of them. Well, here, he goes up and hits old school. The hip is fine, brother. It is good to go. He's jumping off the top rope and hitting that old school. So I love that. 
Yeah, if you don't pay attention like we have and, and aren't right. watching these things back to back to back to back week after week, you might not notice how big a deal that is. But we said it, it had been a few matches before he yeah. had done old school. And obviously mm-hmm. that's because of injuries. But he is he's showing off here tonight. Um, oh, because yeah. he hits that, then he hits the moves of doom, the big splash in the corner, and then another one. He runs and hits snake eyes, big boot, leg drop. It's like a... 2007 Undertaker comeback yeah. right here. And he's moving with that speed as he, he is. signals for the choke slam. Yeah, Cena's going to reverse that choke slam, hit a side slam on him. And New Orleans just, you guys just boo all over this. Because at this point, you know, you were cheering Cena when he was calling the dead man out, uh, or the fans were. But now that the dead man's back, Cena's the heel here. Everybody wants Taker to go over. So you guys are booing him. And then t- he, uh, he hits uh, the you can't see me taunt. And as he goes to bounce off the ropes and, and run back to hit the five-knuckle shuffle, Taker sits up, and Cena does one of the most cartoonish but awesome mid-run just flops. I love it. I loved it when I was watching it live in 2018. I love watching it back here. He just he just acts like he's seen a ghost and just completely falls on his butt, man. I love it, dude. It's pro wrestling, dude. It's perfect. Yeah. He's like, yeah. it's like Yokozuna seeing a casket, man. Yes. Just like Kamala. Over Ooh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the Undertaker, he's up, hits the choke slam, pulls the straps down, does the throat slash, and picks up Cena to give him a tombstone right there in the middle of the ring, folds the arms over, pins him, and that is. It the Undertaker squashes John Cena at WrestleMania two minutes fifty four seconds. The franchise player is about to encounter the Reaper. Undertaker. Tombstone pile driver. Rest in peace, John Cena. That's we spent more time talking Bro. about it than the match actually was. I mean, oh yeah, is that the shortest pay per view match we've covered? I, I'd have to go back and look at the stats, but it's it's got to be I'd close. Have to go back and look. It's definitely close, man. I can't think of another one that's been that short. He had some some of those early WrestleMania matches were about five minutes or something, but yeah, this may be the shortest pay per view match we've had, and it's against John freaking Cena at WrestleMania. So again. That's uh, I was shocked, man. I know you guys yeah. were in the audience, like you. Had no one was expecting that. And uh, no one was. And it's and Cole says the Undertaker is back. I just I love his commentary, and they just keep putting over like how he just beat 
one of the greatest of all time in his, such a short time. We see highlights of it, and then he does his Shakespeare pose, and purple lights just shoot up, or purple, excuse me, purple lights. He's in the purple lights. The flames are shooting up from the stage, and he's kind of pacing around the ring for a second, and you guys are just giving him such an ovation. And, I mean, he just made short work of Cena, and it's so funny. He's barely breaking a sweat here. And uh, I love love seeing it, dude. And we, we know from the last ride that uh, he was ready to put on a 30-minute clinic. You know, he was prepared. He felt good physically. He was ready to go out there. But, you know, Vince had other plans. That's definitely the most interesting aspect of this as – yeah, no one could have possibly predicted this or expected this. And Undertaker in that last ride documentary, he's a bit disappointed in it. And he he wanted to go with John Cena. He wanted to prove himself that way. He wanted this to maybe be his last match. Maybe just go back at it one more time and and have a better match here at the end. And that's sort of the beginning of this chase that we see throughout the last ride series as he's never quite fully satisfied doesn't get that perfect match that he gets to gets to do at the um at the end of his career uh even though he thought he could have here but man in hindsight this is exactly what it should have been dude this was perfect for the build-up with all the crap john cena talked yes uh, to have undertaker just come back out and put him in his place like we've never seen somebody put john cena in his place before was uh, what a moment it's so good and no like you said since cena's been the guy no one has ever done this i mean even brock when he manhandled him at, at SummerSlam 2000 what 13 um or 12 what year was that anyway when brock squashed him he yeah. didn't squash him this quick i mean he yeah, it was like 10 minutes he it's like but like he he had his way with him but even but this is just pure taker is in a fury he's enraged he's just you calling me out call me a coward i'm here and this it 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 played that story so well of Taker is back. You know, what we saw last year isn't who we're going to remember. He's back. You can't call him out like the way John Cena did. Even John Cena can get humbled by this aura, this deity that is the Undertaker in, you know, in WWE land, you know. So I really do love it. I love it more probably in hindsight going back and watching it and just hearing the commentary from him on The Last Ride and just watching it. It's, it's just been so fun. And just, I think it's a phenomenal story, and I don't know why people give it such crap because, yeah, could we wanted to see them go for 25 minutes, but this was so much more unexpected. It's so much more of a spectacle, so much more of a moment that you remember. Yes. You remember that The Undertaker squashed John Cena at WrestleMania. You wouldn't remember if they went 25 minutes and had a classic. I'm telling you. You'd pick apart the little and- nuances. Who knows that they could have? Who knows exactly. that we wouldn't have got another Roman Reigns match? You know, mm-hmm. Undertaker was in better shape, but, you know, had they gone more than 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you're running that risk. And, yep. you know, Undertaker might have believed he could have gone, and but, you know, maybe it's better that they, they played a little safe here and just let him yep. go out and, and shine it. like he did. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Yeah. Um, such a more memorable moment as Undertaker goes to 24 and two at WrestleMania here. Um, we could have so left weird. So weird. 24 <laughs> uh, we easily could have left happy after this moment. And uh, perhaps we should have, because 
like I said, we had a blast, but this show was so freaking long, and we were so freaking tired. After driving all day, I was yawning all throughout the last couple matches, and uh, we all know the Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar main event was kind of a disaster in its own ways with the crowd crapping all over it with the beach balls and the weird ending with with the with the blood and with Brock Lesnar going over and all that sort of stuff um didn't everyone that was the whole mood leaving the Superdome that night was confusion and frustration like so many people were unhappy with that match and that ending so it kind of made me think what if they did the whole WrestleMania show exactly the same. You do that Roman Brock match exactly the same, but you wait until the very end to do this John mm. Cena Undertaker stuff. Have it stretch it out as long as possible. Have mm. him just be like in the it. crowd. They zoom in on him. He's walking out to his seat. Like some people are already leaving in the crowd. And all of a sudden, Ooh. the gong hits, and it's just Dang. like, you still do this squash match, you still, but imagine if we all left happy after that moment with The Undertaker, after he lost at the end of the show last year, what if they ended it like that? You think that would have been a little bit better? Uh, I think for the fans, yeah, I mean, that definitely is a cool idea to think about. I personally don't think WrestleMania has to end on a happy ending every single time I like I don't. I won't say I loved the Lesnar Reigns match, but I liked that it wasn't predictable. Reigns going over is predictable. I liked that it, it wasn't, but I wasn't there either. So, um, but now, now when I hear you saying, "Dude, that's that sounds fantastic," to wait because it wouldn't even have to be. It's not even about sending the fan home, home happy. It's just about the spectacle of you left seeing John Cena get squashed in three minutes. Like, yes, that's big enough news. Like. Forget to send the crowd home happy, but yeah, it would have been definitely a palate cleanser after that Brock and Roman, uh, you know, incident. And then, uh, yeah, that'd been really cool seeing people leave, and then the gong hits, you see it runs in the ring, whatever, and then Taker just does the same exact same as that match. That'd have been really, really right. cool, really cool. I would have loved that, man. Man, it's so exciting to think about <laughs> <laughs> what might have been, but uh, yeah, yeah, the crowd was not. Super happy at the end of the show. wasn't the best note to end on, but uh, we did uh, briefly. We walked around on Bourbon Street and got something to eat after the show was over. Uh, Buck and I did. Uh, there were so many fans out on the street. All of the bars were playing uh, WWE entrance music and stuff as you walked down the street. So it was kind of a cool vibe. Um, I remember seeing the Ultimate Warrior cosplay out there, some uh, Nasty Boys cosplay, which was pretty outstanding, some Macho Man and all that sort of stuff. Um, And then we saw some, not cosplay, but the actual real-life Buff Bagwell dancing on a balcony (laughs) on Bourbon Street at 1 o'clock in the morning after WrestleMania, tossing beads out to people, uh, including... Buck, who still has those Buff Bagwell beats, wow. I believe. Buck and, Bagwell. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I can't think of a better note to end this uh, WrestleMania story on than uh, Buff Bagwell oh, beats. Oh, man. That's incredible. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, that's creepy. Buff. You didn't see Mama Sangre, did you? Uh, we did not venture into her part of town, sadly. Oh, okay. I didn't okay. have the hair of a tree-legged dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, Buff Bagwell, Chippendale dancing, throwing out beads. That's just right up. That's 
Man, if you just said I saw a wrestler dancing and throwing beer, I would have said Buff Bagwell. <laughs> that's perfect, man. Nothing says buff. WrestleMania like that. Can't get enough. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, guys, we talked a long time for this short build-up or this short match, but it was a lot to build up to. Taker's return again from the dead. So uh, a lot of cool stuff going on here. I really dug this match. So go back and watch it. Yeah, go back and watch it for sure. It won't take you long. Uh, no. Watch uh, watch Cena's promo. Watch his first promo from that yeah. March 12th or whatever. Uh, it's great work here. And, and kudos, bravo to Cena for making this a moment, making this special. He carried all of this on his back without yeah. the Undertaker, all the buildup, all the stuff throughout the night, and he makes you care and makes this five not five-minute, three-minute match, a, a moment uh, that you'll never forget. So so bravo to Cena right there. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, we always love to hear them. You know where to find us at Talking Taker on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we got some comments from you guys a couple weeks ago when uh, we originally were going to talk about this. Uh, right. The bottom line cast said, I was so hoping for the return of Biker Taker and a Doctor of Thugonomics for this one. So that's one thing we didn't talk about. That was the big rumor at the time because Kid Rock went into the Hall of Fame that yep. year. And so since the Dead Man was gone last year, Kid Rock coming back, there were all sorts of speculation that we were going to see the uh, big evil... Uh, ABA version of the Undertaker return on this night with Kid Rock singing him down, but that was all just really that, that was just blown out of nowhere from the internet. There was never actually any truth to any of that. No, it was just somebody on Reddit probably su- surmising as what happened, and the rest of the wrestling community took it and ran with it. So and then got let down because it yes. didn't happen when there's no truth to the rumor in the first place, yes. which is what wrestling fans tend to do. So. But there was certainly a lot of chatter for it, and we did actually see, we saw Biker Taker at WrestleMania 36, and we saw the Doctor of Thugonomics at WrestleMania 35, so uh, we weren't too far off with those rumors. Yeah. Uh, Randy Turco at Pokey's Little Dog said, I had always rallied for Taker and Cena at WrestleMania at some point. For a time, Cena was unbeaten, and you could have done a streak versus streak match, it would have been superb. I uh, wish they would have gotten more time, but part of me really enjoyed Taker Squash Super Cena as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there were a couple of WrestleMania parties with friends where Taker would win, and I'd be high-fiving everyone while screaming, We want Cena, like some schools chant, We want Bama on Saturdays. <laughs> Could have been something special. Uh, I remember, oh, excuse me, Sam Valenti 3 says, I remember hearing plans for WrestleMania 32 had Taker Cena before mm-hmm. Cena got hurt. And that's when you got Taker and Shane McMahon instead. So, uh, would have been cool to see them back then. Wish it was more of a real feud, but enjoyed it for what it was. Allegedly, at WrestleMania 33, according to Meltzer, they were supposed to do Cena and Taker before they pivoted and did Roman and Taker. Because when mm. he decided to be his last match, they wanted to put Roman over, so... Anyway, that was in the, the dirt sheets back then, too. The Grim Reaper, Reap Tide 1999, said it was an amusing special attraction designed to mask Taker's limitations and get Cena a cameo on the show. Relatively harmless, but it could have been a big storyline in the early 2010s when both guys were younger and having fantastic matches. Definitely could have been. Could You, you could have had a barn burner there on the right ear, uh, but... Uh, we got what we did, and it was fun for what it was, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Princeton John said, I thought after breaking kayfabe when he kissed his wife last year at WrestleMania 33, he would come back as uh, the biker taker. Uh, nonetheless, it was good to see him, but the match felt like this, and he has the Grandpa Simpson gif uh, walking in, <laughs> putting his hat down, walking out. That's uh, pretty much what the match was. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Vanstone, Andrew V Music. Uh, agreed with me. Says should have been the main event and should have been a longer match. So definitely agree. Should have been the main event. And Mark Gigantor at Mark Gigantor said Cena sprinting to the back was hilarious. And uh, it yeah. his run to the back is pretty funny uh, to look at. It is. It's an awkward little run. And uh, Saint Ridley Santos, uh, he agreed with you, Travis. He says. Uh, he just hated how this kind of undercut the moment of Asuka's streak ending and Charlotte's big win yeah. over there. They could have done that after like, the Jinder Mahal match or after the, the yeah, uh, Seth Rollins sure. match. Uh, he shifted focus away from that, uh, which I agree with. You know, it's a it's a minor complaint in my book, but uh, yeah, I do wish they would have done that a little differently. Yeah, great mind, take a like. <laughs> Well, we will keep rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride next week as we did get to an interesting one, man, as we come to the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi yeah. Arabia with the man who, in my opinion, to my ears, was the most over in New Orleans on this night, Rusev, as we celebrate Rusev Day in Saudi Arabia with a casket match against The Undertaker, a match definitely thought we would never see uh but uh it will be uh, uh it will be something to go back and look at that as we uh, get into this very strange era of the undertaker's matches yeah and if you look at your calendar next week's episode actually drops on rusev day so that's, that's pretty cool the way that works out here such great luck man <laughs> well, yeah with our timing yeah. on the show yeah well yeah we'll get to that one like you said we're entering a weird era where he's back from retirement but well what we thought was retirement but He's not quite done. He's still chasing that dragon. Can't quite decide what's the end. What's the end going to be? So we'll Once do that. Once again. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying we're going to go to Saudi Arabia. We're going to go to Australia. We're going to go back to Saudi Arabia. We're going to be going all over the world. So world uh, just tour. get ready. Get your passports ready, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Talk and take her international. Uh, just real quick before we go, want to once again thank uh, the Bottom Line cast for letting us re-air yeah. their show a couple weeks ago and want to thank Watch Along Tommy for joining us for a special episode uh, Don't Sleep on that one that was a super fun, fun. Watch Along, I laughed so hard uh, with Tommy, shared some incredible uh, stories yeah. of being a fan, uh, just great great stuff, uh, be sure intrepid. That that's amazing <laughs> amazing, uh, so go follow his YouTube channel as well uh, and you guys go make sure to follow Travis's YouTube channel and all of his Spotify, Apple Music, uh, wherever you get your streaming music. You can listen to all his stuff on there. Uh, if you like his rendition of Take Her Easy, he's got some other great tunes that you can go check out. So support him. And uh, yeah, that's all I got till next week. Be sure to uh, check our Instagram uh, and social media this week. I'll post pictures from wrestlemania pictures of my souvenirs and all that stuff so we'll have some fun throwback pictures of all that and uh, oh you know what i uh i did text uh my brother-in-law buck 
Uh, I texted him two weeks ago when we were recording this episode. I just remembered and uh, asked for his thoughts about being there alive. So let me share those with you real yeah, quick. Yeah, so I'm going to say, if you were there. Oh, wait, here we go. We have a first-hand account other than you, someone who was there. You know, he said his favorite match of the night, too, was the Kurt Angle uh, Ronda Rousey return match sure. uh, by Undertaker John Cena was an incredible moment and uh, he'll never forget the entire arena playing with beach balls during the main event because it sucked and no one wanted it lol which <laughs> I, you know that crowd came prepared to crap on that match because oh yeah people were blowing up beach balls during the entrances man they didn't right. never gave it a chance. No. So that was uh, that's know, my unfortunate. That. Yeah, that's my beef with that match. It's not their fault. It's the, the crowd was already ready to poop on it. So anyway, but yeah. So thanks for the the you know on the boot or boots on the ground uh, on the site reporting from you guys. We really appreciate that. And anybody else out there, if you were there at the Superdome, let us know what you thought. Did you do you think this match should have been invented? That's a really cool take on it. I really like that idea. But. Um, Oh, you know Were what? Were you one of the guys in the crowd that John Cena was hanging out with? We'd love to hear from you there. I've got a late-breaking report oh. here from Watch Along Tommy, our Uh-oh. guest from last week. He says, uh, WrestleMania 34 took place a couple weeks after our wedding and uh, about a month and a half before our honeymoon, so we didn't think we were going to go. But as the time approached, he started getting itchy, and I uh, thought this would be the perfect mini-honeymoon down in Nolens. So I got time off from work, but was set to go, and the company he worked for uh, had to call him back. So he had to uh, cancel their flights and their tickets and everything and all that stuff. So he didn't get to go to this one. Uh, He was kind of upset about it, but he made the most of it as he could. Had some watch parties, uh, ordered all the indie shows on uh, on the internet to to stream all those. trying to make it feel like he was in New Orleans at the time. And uh, he admits that he probably wasn't going to like the show just because of his sour grapes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there is some weird stuff on the show with Daniel Bryan like getting taken out halfway through the match and Nakamura losing and Braun Strowman's uh, 10-year-old tag team partner and all that sort of stuff. Uh, <laughs> so he, he didn't have the best reaction to it, uh, but uh, he's glad that we got, uh, or, or I got to be there in person and got to have that special reaction to it. So uh, thanks, Tommy, for sending in those comments. And uh, like I said, be sure to listen to our special episode with him. Yeah, no doubt, man. Thanks for getting that in last second there. Good job, man. So um, yeah, anybody else, if you were there, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you were there in, on, on April 8th, uh, was your favorite or was your favorite guy there, Rusev? You know, were you as was he as over with you as he was with the rest of New Orleans? So, uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe out there, and uh, as always, take her easy. Tony Schiavone standing by backstage. Tony, thank you very much, Bo LeBlanc. <laughs> <laughs> we are here at Lucky's Burger and Brew, and as you know, a no-show the other night at Raw, and he has been stripped of the title. That's right, no longer the Universal Champion is Brock Lesnar. It's Alex, 
and Alex coming up at WrestleMania is going to take on Roman Reigns, Alex. Well, let me tell you something terrible, Tony. Roman Reigns doesn't know what he's got going in for him, dude. It's been a tough couple years for the Hulkster, I gotta admit that. But I'm ready to get back in the ring. I've been training, I've been saying my prayers, I've been taking my vitamins, and I'm ready to go to WrestleMania, to Monday Night Raw, to lift Roman Reigns up over my head, just slam him down into the ring. And I gotta tell you something, brother. What are you gonna do, Terrible Tony, when Hulkamania runs wild? <laughs>